The ebook box set of Starside Saga books one through three is a great way to support this podcast, and it is now available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, and Apple Books. Of course, you can buy them individually, which puts more money into Amazon's pockets, or you can buy them in that little collection, and uh, Amazon still gets most of the money. Anyway, let's get on with the book. Chapter 16 Insidious Desires. Lady Quinpoline left Fallow at the entrance to the baths. It was a short walk from there to the Pauline Great House. She used those minutes to compose herself. Her mother knew nothing about Quinn's Shadline affiliation. What Quinn had to do now was tell her and then ask some very difficult questions. She found Radiant Pauline in the parlor, enjoying tea while a young footman named Fandy played a droning tune on the nickel harpa. It was far from the usual work for a man in such a position, but he happened to be quite skilled. Mother exempted him from other duties whenever she called upon him to play. Quinn could not discuss anything with Fandy in the room, so she poured herself a cup and joined her mother on the rose-colored settee facing the performer. Her mother didn't offer a smile, but she made room for her daughter. Together they sipped and listened. The fact that mother was lazing, as she would call it, said a great deal about the state of her mind. Clearly, she was not happy about the situation with the Hargath. When the song ended, Quinn stood, Thank you, Fandy. I need to speak alone with the Radiant. Stay, Fandy, her mother said. Play, her eyes borrowed my love's glow, or the one with the dog who loses his tail. Mother didn't look at Quinn when she said this. She was in a worse mood than Quinn had suspected. Obviously, she knew that Quinn was going to question her about helping the Hargath. But she didn't know that Quinn knew what the Hargath wanted the domain for. Easily remedied. I know what your brother wants, Quinn said over the rim of her teacup as Fandy started up a song. To her credit, Mother didn't react. She continued with her tea, nodding her head in time to the tune. When Fandy had completed the song, she gave him a silver plug and sent him away. Once the doors were closed, she came to stand next to Quinn at the window. The slate-colored sky hung low over the city, drapes of ragged clouds scudding by on hard easterly winds. It looked like it would snow at any minute. What do you think you know? Mother could wield her stare as directly as a whip-axe blow to the forehead when she was out of patience. Your friend the voluptuary pulled me into a favor. As a result, I know that the Hargath is desperately searching for a girl named Kyla Sai. She is a friend of mine. The thing that old man seeks to recover from the domain is something he stole from her. I cannot see that it matters what he seeks or how he got it. I have negotiated beneficial terms for both this house and you. Once I have completed the task... You will be free to go to Ori's home at the garden. Quinn laughed. I'm not going to the garden. Yes, you are. I'll hogtie you and hire a longshoreman to bundle you into a cargo hold if I have to. The future of this radiancy rests upon your shoulders. I will not have any more children. Our position is weak enough as it is. You will never attract a husband of enough worth to lift the house in status. That is my curse upon you. 
so we must not rely on marriage. You must learn to manage our estates and build wealth and influence in more honest ways, by working for it. Talk of marriage was always upon mother's tongue. There had been a brief time when an agreement had been established between mother and house LaMiller to marry Quinn off to a lesser LaMiller cousin. But then the boy had died suddenly. The LaMillers hadn't offered up any of their other boys, which had sent mother into a rage. Quinn hadn't ever met her betrothed, but mother assumed that there must have been something wrong with him. Since then, she had maintained a special animosity for the LaMiller family. Quinn wasn't fond of them either, but for different reasons. Whatever the Hargis plan is for Kyla Sai, mother said, it is of no concern of mine. I will carry out this task, and you cannot stop me. I don't want to stop you, Quinn said. I just want to get Kyla there so she can recover what's hers. If the Hargith wants her, then she'd be better off leaving Starside. Who is she? I'm not familiar with House Sai. How Kyla would laugh to hear that. She's an orphan from Cheapskate. The reaction this revelation provoked was worth the whole tense conversation. That a lady of a radiance house was fraternizing with such a lowly person was pure scandal. But Mother surprised her by quickly shifting from outrage to squinting suspicion. The voluptuary pulled you into this? For a cheapskater? She rubbed her elbows and moved away from the window. I owe much to that woman, for all she speaks in riddles. She can make a dinner menu sound like a revelation from the Theb. What did she say about this girl? She called on me to help her and her brother when they were in dire need. The boy has since died. I did not know him. The girl is strong in the Marcassine, and the voluptuary has been trying to convince her to stay as a novitiate to train. But Kyla is more leather than silk. Rules, in particular, tend to chafe her more than most. Mother twisted her lips in consideration. I like the sound of this Kyla sigh. I should like to meet her. What is it that the Harga stole from her? Believe it or not, a talking cat. Rather than scoff, as Quinn had expected, Mother moved back to the settee and sat. Oh, I believe it. I was just verifying the truth of Miss Sai's tale. My brother told me he had acquired a beloved one. Ten has sought such a creature nearly his entire life, Marlow and I rescued several of them from his experiments back when we still lived at the plantation. It does not surprise me he stole it from someone else. It was Quinn who ended up stunned with shock. You've seen cats before? They were common enough in the country. They kept the mice and the rats in check. The workers considered them good luck. Father didn't hold much with Donesmasters, so their hatred of the animals didn't infect us out there. One doesn't see a Donesmaster that far from the city anyway. They prefer to hew close to bulging purses and well-stocked larders. The souls of lowly planters and rock-pickers are not worth that much to them. You agree, then, that Uncle Hargath must not get control of Kyla's cat? I said no such thing, and never again call him uncle in my hearing. I know you seek to provoke me, but let's dispense with that ploy. I hate his rotten bowels and make no mistake. But I'll strike a deal with Kill himself 
to secure your future and that of this house. It is pointless to discuss anyway. How do you think you will get this Kalasai person into the abbey, much less into its dungeons? Quinn was not about to tell her mother that she had helped two boys to do just that recently. I'm not asking you to do anything except delay. I know where Kyla is, but it's going to take her a while to get back here. Whatever you need to do, do it slowly. Kyla will find a way there. Just don't come between her and the Hargith, and certainly not between her and the cat. She will know you are my mother, but if you try to keep the cat from her, she will kill you. If she shows up, the Hargath will have her. I think she will be the least of my worries. Listen to what I'm telling you. Kyla Sai may be small and young, but she dropped Highest Benel to the floor with a thought. Or so Fallow had told her. She knew the hideous boy exaggerated sometimes, but Henley had confirmed the tale. Her mother didn't offer any more arguments, but instead changed the subject. Unless you plan to go riding, please take off those jodhpurs and put on something more becoming your station. And for Paul's love, put that wretched blade out of sight. What husband would have you for a wife if he had to fear being stabbed in his sleep? Any man who fears my blade is not worthy of my bed. And I'm much more comfortable in trousers than those stupid gowns you want me to wear. Kyla and I have that much in common. More than that, both were shadlines. Both had lost their fathers young. Both liked to sneak and steal. Quinn straightened and shrugged her shoulders. No, she thought to herself, that last bit was Black's influence on her. And maybe the trousers were too, she realized. She had never preferred trousers prior to coming into possession of the blade. She had to be attentive to such things, lest she become subject to the blade's more insidious desires. She had done the best she could with her mother, and now that it came to it, she saw no advantage in confessing she'd become a shadline. The next thing to do was get word to Kyla. Whatever the fool girl was doing going to the Citadel, she needed to get on with it and get back. Please, mother, whatever you're doing for the Hargath, do it slowly. She didn't wait for her mother to respond. When the time came, she counted on her mother to instinctively do as she asked. That was a power children had over their parents. They manipulated them even when the parent thought they were ignoring such efforts. In less than ten minutes, she was in the baths. She found Fallow, Henley, Rajan, and the cats in the novitiate's ward library. A great fire burned in the hearth. The boys were slouched in overstuffed leather chairs, staring at nothing and adding a general glumness to the silence. Henley, in particular, looked like there was no hope for tomorrow. Quinn sympathized. He was trapped by his own power, for the mere capacity for Mercosine powers drew don'ts masters to him like flies to dung. She had been born into a strange prison, too. Nobody had asked if she wanted the responsibility of carrying on the radiancy. Nobody even knew if she was capable, yet it was expected. Where is that cream-colored skunk? she asked. Without looking up, Fallow said, Ollie's stomping around the kitchens and annoying the cooks. Lop is mad at him because now the cooks are withholding their treats. They don't like it when Ollie jumps on the countertops and steals chicken bits. They think all the cats have bad manners. Lop couldn't jump that high if she wanted to, Henley said. True, 
I need Ollie to come with me to the Citadel, Quinn said. I need to tell Kyla what's going on with the Hargith and my mother. Fallow grimaced. The likelihood of him helping you is equal to that of the voluptuary dancing naked at a Tilsday service. My mother is doing something to help the Hargath bring Nax back. Hmm. Ollie does want Nax back, Henley said. I'll ask Huff to tell him. Being in the presence of people who spoke to animals was chilling. Even though Quinn was fascinated by the animals, she couldn't shake the bias against them she had been raised with. She wondered if she would have been so intrigued with them if not for Black's influence upon her. Perhaps there was some benefit to the Blade's darker leanings. Ollie says he isn't going to walk that far, Henley reported. I'm Lady Pauline. I will fetch a carriage. I only need to go far enough to get Ollie in contact with Kyla. He says she's very far up. Quinn considered the timing. Her mother was going to the abbey at nine bells. That gave her a couple hours to find Kyla and bring her back. Once Kyla had recovered Nax, Quinn could drag the recalcitrant girl somewhere to meet the cloak and speak the oaths. Tell Ollie to meet me out front. Fallow stood up. Should we go with you? I can't go, Henley said, face glum and body slumped in the overstuffed leather chair. Neither can I, Rajan said, equally sullen. The voluptuary ordered me to stay with Henley. No offense, Hen. Don't call me Hen, Keel. They have an odd relationship, Fallow said to Quinn. I'll go with you, in case, you know. Are you saying I can't handle myself? I didn't say that. It's just things are strange. One never regrets having a friend when the unexpected happens. And believe me, when Kyla is involved, a weird occurrence is a given. Quinn needed a moment. The impulse to be offended had come on stronger than the boy's comment had warranted. He had been with her in the alley. He'd seen her fight the watchman. The watchman had merely caught her wrong-footed. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been that close. But surely Fallow wasn't saying that she couldn't handle herself. Besides, he was right about the wisdom of having a friend along when things got tense. If it comforts you, then gather what you need and come along she said coolly, but I'm leaving now. Fallow grinned, showing jagged teeth. Everything I own is on my person, he said. He held out a hand, pointing to the door. After you, Lady Pauline. His mocking manner simultaneously amused and infuriated her. She was a lady, after all, and his superior in society. He ought to show greater respect and deference. And he most certainly ought not ogle her so brazenly. Conscious of his eyes on her, she pulled her cloak more snugly about herself. But even then, she wasn't sure if it was to conceal or reveal her curves.